Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Just Another Kill Team Podcast, connecting Kill Team communities across the globe. Your hosts today are me, I'm Jason. And I'm Travis, regular co-hosts. We connect with all sorts of different people, TOs, uh, competitive players, and just um, anyone else that has something interesting to say that they message us and convince us to talk about on an episode. Yeah, we do like making the world a little bit smaller, one hobbyist at a time. We do have a Discord and a Patreon, which is definitely some stuff that you should check out if you enjoy our content. And if you do enjoy this podcast, make sure to share it with your friends who play Kill Team, because... The more, the merrier. In today's episode, we circle back around to Spain and we talk with Ace, former two-time world champion in the ITC and uh, number two in the ITC this year. And we talk about Felgor Ravagers and Beta Decima. Um, Ace recently won a uh, 56-player tournament in Spain. And here is our conversation with Ace. Back with Ace here to talk a little bit about our catch-up with Spain and Felgor, I think, specifically. Hello, hello. How you doing? Yeah, good. How about you? Coffee in hand? Oh, yeah. Coffee in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's afternoon over there, a little afternoon coffee. Yes. I drink coffee pretty much all over the day, like in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night, so. You know, you've been kind of all the way around the world at this point for a kill team. You know, which place has your favorite coffee? Is it Spanish coffee or is there another region mm. where you're like, that coffee was really mm. good? Uh, the only one that beats that beats Spain um, for coffee is uh, Italy. Is the only the oh, only yeah. other coffee that I like. Yeah, that I like better than, than Spain. American like is not bad, though. Espresso yeah, coffee espresso. or what kind of coffee? Yeah, yeah, I, I take the coffee with, the, the, sorry, the coffee with milk, no sugar. Mm. I see, I see. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer like small shots of coffee? Really gets you going. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I tolerate the coffee quite good, so I can drink like three, yeah, four times. Drink, drink it yeah. and go straight to bed, huh? Yeah, yeah, no problem. What about you, Jason? What do you like? You like your coffee straight? You know, I am not picky at all. It's just. Um, I drink black coffee pretty often. Uh, I've like today my coffee a little bit of creamer, you know, nothing too crazy. Yeah, I uh, we've got caribou over here. I don't know if that's countrywide or, or whatever, but it's kind of like Starbucks of the north, as far as I know. And uh, mm-hmm. that's my favorite. Mm-hmm. There's really just something magical about it that, like, I don't know. It's 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 good stuff. Uh, what what about you, Travis? I'm one of those coffee nerds that buys like light coffee beans and <laughs> makes my own coffee every day if I can help it. If I'm getting random coffee, you know, New York's got decent coffee by my standards, but I don't drink espresso nearly as much. Mm-hmm. What about you, listeners? Do you guys drink coffee? What kind of coffee? Comment in our YouTube channel or our our Discord. Because you know we've been battling on the coffee container a little bit on Beta Decima. <laughs> You know, back in the day when uh, Warhammer was new, they would like tell you to like build terrain yourself. You know, you could make a make a beta decim out of a coffee container, a couple popsicle sticks, right? You totally could. There's uh, there's someone in my Discord that is making their own beta decima out of like miscellaneous things and orcifying it. And it looks amazing. <laughs> Shout out to Brian making some sick homemade beta decima terrain. I guess I'm cur- kind of curious, you know, Ace, as you know, one of the best players in the world, how do you feel about Beta Decima? Because it's obviously been a pretty contentious issue among TOs. I know on the West Coast, Dakota 
doesn't love it. I think it's kind of neat, but not all the maps feel particularly fun to play on. You know, map six, shout out to map six and map five. Yeah. So the thing is, I want to like uh, Vita Decima because I think it's fresh. So it's something new to play and to and to toy around. But uh, right now we have here in Spain, we have a few problems with with Vita. Like we don't have that much tables because the, um, the stock were limited. So every tournament have like one or two tables. So that mm -hmm. is not enough to, to, to play, um, to perform or, or to play every tournament. And um, I think they still need some fixes. Like they have so many teams that abuse uh, Beta Decima at the moment. That is really not 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 fun to play on it, or not super fun. If if you play other than these six or seven teams, then it's it's okay. But if not, then you are like you don't have like a good experience on it. Not for a veteran player, not for a new player. So I have mixed feelings. Yeah. So so you said six or seven teams that are the the most abusive. Uh, do you have a, a real quick list of which those are? Sure. So um, you have Phobos, Pathfinders, um, both uh, Compendium Arlequins and Boy Dancers, um, Phobos Pathfinders, Necrons, um, and there's one more that I don't remember. But yeah, there, there is six of them. Well, there is there is uh, other teams that are not abused, but they are on the other way, on the other side of the table. Getting uh, abused? Yes, getting abused, yeah. So if you're playing... Gatherbox, you are screw. If you are playing something like Chaos Cult, you are not doing that fine. So yeah, other than that, that if you are playing uh, Crude, Crude, Crude are super abusive. Sorry, Crude is the, the one I, I was I was missing. Yeah, Crude get um, bound, which just makes them basically like Harlequin's light on yes. Beta Decima, which is and, nice. And they can ignore um, cover and they can ignore obscurity. With the mm -hmm. bird and with the sniper, so yeah. And plus, that long charge on the dog is just like yes. seems extra gross on that on the on, with the jump test and everything. Yes. So yeah, there, there's so many teams right now abusing it, and so many teams on the receiving end that is just not not fun, not fun to play or not fun to to just even begin to try to be competitive on on that setup. Other than other than that, it's fun. I, I mean, I play I play it, and it's a different way to play, and it's fun. And, and I I want to like it, but uh, at the moment I just can't. Yeah, I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot a little bit with just like how little actual cover there is in the box. Mm. Like it's very hard to actually line up an approach without having barricades in the way, and that means that teams like Crute and pathfinders that can ignore light cover just ruin you and i guess vetguard on some level can also get away with breaking cover mm. and it's just like there's no cover and you have to run down these like three or four lanes so you're just gonna get doinked on the way in which is very hard yeah i don't know i don't know and the thing is with the with the in the last season with into the dark like i see it and it was like this is fixable because we have a first um a uh, beta of the Into the Dark that mm -hmm. I, I remember that. And, and I was thinking, like, this is fixable. We can fix that if, if needed. If Games Warsaw want, they, they can fix this because it's, it's all about map layouts. And mm -hmm. when the um, Critops pack uh, was released, it was like, this is fine. We can play around this. This is fun to play. And even if you're playing a um, team that doesn't perform super well on Into the Dark, like Pathfinders, for example, 
which is an I think an extreme case, an extreme case. Uh, not now, not these days. Pathfinders are super yeah, fine. Pathfinders are super so days in the dark now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it swung all the way back around because of the way open boards are being laid out. That now pathfinders yes. are much better on in the dark than they are in open. I, I agree. pretty easily too, which is kind of weird. Yep, yep, I agree. So everything was fixed at the moment on Into the Dark. It's super fun. Every team has his chance. Of course, there is a team that performs better, but that's fine, I think. But right now with Vita Decima, that, that, for me, that's not the case. So yeah, I, I don't know. And to be honest, I don't know if, if, it's, if, if it is possible to fix it. Like, I don't see an easy fix to it. And, and crit ops or the critical ops for Vita Decima are released. And it doesn't really fix anything. So, well, it fixed some pro- some problems, but I don't think it's it's enough. So I don't know. I think it fixes parts of the issues. Like it makes the terrain more approachable for some of the mm-hmm. maps. Like I think four of the maps are fun, where like you have room to set up, you've got jump lanes, and there's a couple yes. different ways to get around. But those two like long maps, I don't, maybe the long maps just don't work because there's not enough gantries. I it just feels like you're funneled into these two lanes. Where if you can't run up fast enough, you just can't fight over any objectives. And if you if your opponent has weapons that like let you get around them, then you just get shot at for the entire game and nothing interesting happens. Yeah. So I think one through four may be workable and maybe they go in that direction where they just get rid of the long deployment. Because those three inch deployments on the long side, that is a miserable, miserable way to play the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah Without yeah. extra gantries. Like if there were extra gantries that you could put in. You know, but that kind of ruins the appeal of using a one box kind of list, right? Yeah, I don't know. To be fair, because at, at some point you you are going to need to uh, pull pull put your models on the gantries, and and you are going to get shot for for some factions. Or if, yeah. if the other faction have fly or have forward deploy like commandos, I, I was missing commandos by the way. Um, <laughs> yes, well, commandos, you know, they're, they're just continually a problem, huh? Mm, commandos, yay! Eh. And then so there's know, like, like Wormblade can um, can have the stealth deploy. I forgot what it's called, but have someone just like pop up on the soup can or the coffee can. Yep, and yep. and that's really strong. Um, yep. I, I mean, it seems like there there are a lot of tools that are kind of like sneaking up. And I, and I feel like listeners uh, tell us with, with your specific faction, do it like a deep dive. And what are your secret weapon tools that we're missing that, that you think your team deserves on the uh, abusive on beta decimal list? Cause I'm sure there's something floating out there. Uh, we can, you know, churn up some discussion. Uh, let us know what you think there. And um, I'm also curious to hear more about people's, personal experiences playing the melee teams on beta decima um i mean mean, for everyone here today like ace have you personally tried to play any of the the melee heavy teams on beta decima and like any like specific like nitty-gritty stories about it so i play felgor on beta decima and it wasn't terrible but i can see like uh, problems coming like I can see all the troubles that it, it it can happen on 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 some of the maps. Like you can place one bedgar behind a barricade and then he's going to be alright and you are not going to be able to do anything to him and you are going to get shot. Um, I don't know it, it, this problem. It, it gets it, it gets even worse with uh, Gellerbox or with these big bases. Mm-hmm. And of course, Gellerbox cannot get a, a light cover. Yeah. So good luck with that. Uh, one, 
one thing that I was thinking, you know, just looking at the terrain and having played it a little bit, if the gantries that ran up the edges of the base that are in the water come out just a little bit, you get like little bits of cover that you could theoretically use. But right now, when you're running down those two long hallways, there's just nowhere. <laughs> there's nowhere no, to go. There's no way. No, no, no. But like if you could use the heavy cover part of the gantries on yep. those long walkways, that would help, I think. So that's we- what I was thinking as like a thing to fix it, just because like. Having two long hallways means all the melee teams, it's like you're literally recreating 300. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, yeah, so I mean, I guess for melee teams specifically, because like, even if they, if the legs don't touch those long hallways, there is like some, some angles that you can get within an inch. And the only reason that someone could get, actually shoot you is if they're like standing way out on the flank and either they like have a barricade, which isn't really that big of a deal and you can like shoot them from a vantage point or, they don't, and they're just standing out in the open as well, which is maybe fine if you're playing against someone like Felgor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, to be honest, I, I just don't know. Um, because at some point you are going to need to be on the on the gantries uh, and try. Uh, well, you are going to, to need to try to jump. Oof, jump yeah. jump test is, <laughs> is, is it's ridiculous. Really, it's like <laughs> you're, you're, I, I don't want to uh, be on a tournament and lose because I fail. Uh, one one on six. Oh man, I've like, failed so many jump tests in tournaments, Ace. <laughs> I have like the very first stream tournament, <laughs> or like at Kill Team Open One, I missed a jump test and lost a vantage point against Chris. Yeah. It was yeah. I actually like ever since Beta Desk One. Now, like going back to Octarius, and I'm like I'm and like other stuff, other open boards. I I see more jumping opportunities, yeah. and I'm like, this guy could jump over here and get a crazy angle on someone. And now I've been doing yeah. it more. Um, yeah. Maybe Beta Decima just needs more rules updates. Like, they didn't put enough inside the box to make it workable. Like, having TAC reroll let you pass, auto-pass a jump test if you fail, that would help, right? Or having, yeah. like, global equipment. I think people floated, like, everybody gets climbing ropes just for Beta Decima, just because otherwise, you know, it's really, really hard to get around. Or Yo, maybe something can, about body blocking. You, you can put the... Um, I, I, I mean, I have some solutions in my head, but you can have the, the gantries being low and call it a day, to be honest. So the map becomes way more traversable. Um, you can make the water to block line of sight, not obscurity. You can. I'm, oh, I yeah, know. yeah. You can like have it go a little bit harder so that like none of the obscurity teams can actually do the thing. Yes. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> I, I don't know. There is like so many solutions here and there that can work, but at the moment we don't have that. Mm-hmm. So you have to play to with with these rules because this is what what we have. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what, it is, what it is. There's a couple things that I want to point out. Um, one is if you actually like sit down and take a close look, every single map has a path. You know, some of them are more practical than others, but a path to get to every single objective without needing a jump test. Um, there isn't uh-huh. like there isn't a single one that you can't get to without a jump test. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing to keep in mind for anyone that is playing on Beta Decima and and is worried about failing jump tests to, uh, you know, like have a huge swing. Um, and then the other thing, like I think, I think the solution in kind of like tweaking it for a better experience might just be like shift away from six objective markers. So if there's some layouts out there that only have like four or five or something like that, maybe that could turn into. Um, you know, like once again, designed with not needing jump tests in mind, but you can like go for it to get an early advantage. 
um, yep. and, and less objectives. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that all pans out. But and it's it's really sad for me because I I was looking at the <clears throat> at the missions on the um, on Salvation, and I like them. Like they they were at least some of them they were fun and they were like something that I want to play because for me and for my community from what I hear we are a little bit tired of ABC of loot uh, secure and capture mm-hmm. so anything that re- refresh that anything that make the game different we are really eager to play so it's a little bit sad that Beta Decima cannot fulfill that role because we were so expecting to play something different but yeah it is what it yeah is. I think you know, the original missions that we saw, they were very much like the old school missions where they were like a theme and all this other stuff. But they kind of shot themselves in the foot because the terrain for those missions only comes with the paired teams. And from what I understand, those boxes are not going to get re-released. And I, I don't know if they're going to sell those individual terrain bits again. <laughs> that was crazy. I, 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 I don't yeah, know. It, it, as a that. TO, right? It's kind of annoying because before people were like, oh, we have too many in the dark sets. But they somehow picked the worst of both worlds where now no one will have enough to do anything specific so, outside of so, play the yeah. tournament packs. Yeah, for me, the, the first box uh, has to come with the, um, with the terrain. That's the only way that EOs can have access to all the terrain, to be honest. Mm-hmm. That's the only way. As a community, for, at least for us, as a community, we need to everyone, or not not everyone, but uh, almost everyone in the community, uh, give uh, supports the community, bringing their own tables. So we need to do that. If, if the table, if the um, kill zone is outside of the of the of the first box, we are screwed pretty much. And and of course, if the if the stock is low, we are even more screwed. So I don't know if Vida Decima is going to last, or if if or if it's going to be played. In, in Spain, at least, like I don't know. There are so many things going in the in the opposite way, and I I want to play to play it, and I want to like them, because I know in in the states or or if if I go to an to another tournament, there is going to be a bit of decima, and I, I am not going to be able to practice on it. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're just gonna like dynamically show up and be like, oh, I guess we're gonna have a couple sets. Yeah, like locally in New York, we have a probably enough sets where we can run like maybe a 24 person tournament which is what we most recently did and i think people for the most part enjoyed it outside of those two those two maps five and six uh-huh. Uh-huh. we're gonna take the the valley the valley run <laughs> and i think like personally like looking at the maps like it is cool to like think about how you have to jump and like move around the maps but not on the maps where your primary way of getting around is just like two valleys where someone has a vantage point looking over the valley that's not fun yeah um and like map one uh i haven't played all the maps but map one felt like i played five assault intercessors and a gunner on that one just to kind of like get a little bit of a sense of of like a melee layout there and it didn't feel terrible actually um because i i did like i had one guy run up a side flank to uh quote unquote kick the hornet's nest and get the other person to start having some engage orders um and then I had a couple assault intercessors run down the middle, and there's like, you know, there's that one gantry that's that's like sitting right there, and you've got some actual heavy cover there, so you can just like position yep. there. And then I just ignored one side completely, uh, and it was like it was a pretty tight game. I lost, but uh, like I made some big mistakes because I like I I don't normally play. I was missing the doom guy, you know. Oh, the doom guy. 
have you heard about this ace <laughs> yeah jason's yeah, been yeah. out here with you know intercessors just doinking people from across the map i think he beat micromancer in a game with uh phobos and cursors recently yes that was the uh incursors versus blooded which is a, a game i've actually done a few times and mm-hmm. uh it's, i'm i'm always a little surprised at how how much that like pans out for incursor spam that's really something um yeah the the problem with incursor for me is like they are not that reliable so sometimes you are going to shot and you are going to give nothing yeah so, yeah but it's I mean, if you if you can get the shots, at some point you are going to kill something. So that's that's cool. Yeah. Yep. And then if you can like be on engage and you shoot twice and you can line up multiple targets and then like runs yes. rolls back around on Overwatch and you can shoot again. Um yep. that's like that's the key there. Yep, yep. I agree. Yep. Um so you kind of teased a little bit that you have played Felgor on Beta Decima. Did you like have you only done like one game or a couple games? No, part of the reason why Ace is here is because he actually just won a pretty large Spanish tournament. So I figured, you know, now would be a good time for us to talk about the Felgor Menace. You know, we've flirted around with the issue, but we haven't had a specialist on. So Ace is our specialist to talk a little bit about Felgor. Eight, you know, obviously you're not the only one to do well with Felgor. Recently, Orion got third place at LVO, the largest, I think the largest kill team tournament so far. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know, obviously, you went seven and zero in a fifty-six, fifty-four person tournament in Spain, where you guys did four rounds and a top cut to a bracket. Yep. yep. So it's, it was fifty-six, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool thing about this tournament, well, in in Spain, <clears throat> because the, all the um, I'm going to talk about idea about our tournaments and about our scene, if you don't mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, this is a this is that's what we're here for, man. Okay, so um, since we don't have any any funding on on from from Games Workshop, we need to organize ourselves uh, to send people to the to the states. So we make um, something like a league or like a tournament. I don't know, an invitational. An invitational is uh, the, the correct thing. So um, the four uh, guys that won our biggest events uh, qualify to another event. And then the top guy from that and the other top two from a top top thirty-two uh, players uh, qualifies to the to the to Atlanta and we we found the the tickets. So every tournament in in Spain uh, puts some money on the pot uh, to to help sending the the three or four uh, guys that actual uh, that that are going to travel. So this one was a qualifier for the finals that that are in August. And so I won it. So I'm going to be in the final. So I am not yet qualified, but I have a, a best or a better chance to to qualify. Um, being said that, uh, yeah, Felgor are super powerful at the moment. Like, I think it's one of the most powerful teams that I have in my hands lately. I don't have this feeling with any other team. Like... Most of the time, because I play or I tend to play uh, out of meta um, uh, teams, I sometimes feels like I start the game losing and I have to try to, to keep up or try to fight to come back. Oh man, with Felgor is the, the the other way around. Like uh, the other people have to um, try to go back, try to um, try to fight even even before the match. It's, it's really crazy. Like especially on, on into the dark, it's, it's super crazy. How how good are, are the Felgors? Like every specialist is good. All your specialists are 
incredibly good. The support pieces are incredible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where to start, to be honest. You know, they've they've got they've got a little bit of everything. They just have no shooting, right? Like if yeah. you're in a situation where the shooting doesn't matter, Felgor are gonna feel like they way overperform because they sacrifice all of the range step for all, all the melee steps, right? So the fact that you get a little bit of everything, yeah, it makes sense that they would feel very powerful, especially if boars are going to allow Felgor to move up relatively safely and still have staging points. Yep. But even without that said, there are like a couple of tricks that the Felgor use yes. to make themselves your opponent's problem, right? You want to talk through maybe a couple of those for a little bit of, you know, niche tactics for our, our listeners? Sure. Um, so the thing is, in Spain, I think our maps are way lighter than than the maps on the, on the estates. So on open boards, they feel way more balanced, at least for me. But um, yeah, the, the the thing is the 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 leader, the dusk with the leader is amazing. You can mark one of the goats, and every goat within two of that goat can do a dash. So now you have um, two threats that can go into the the opponent's backline. You have the I think the name is the gore horn that with a plus one EPL can charge, fight, kill, and then um, charge again with the ploy, and then kill again. Because he then, can double fight, right? Because he's yeah. the only model on the whole team that can double fight. Well, actually, the... the oh, there's I also the blind the blind guy? Can the mangler. Yes, there's another yeah. model that can double fight, but he has to be in engagement range already, right? Yes. Where like, the Gorehorn can actually yes. double fight. Yes. yes. The Gorehorn is the main like slingshot kill two models. Yes. And and then the, the thing is, you have to be careful because you need to kill that model that usually is going to have 10 goons left because he's going to heal herself. So oh, yeah. you need to kill that model and then he goes into Frenzy and you need to spend even more resources on trying to kill it again. Or if you wait to the other, to the next turning point, then I can kill you another another time, another another model. So that's crazy. For that model, that's that's incredibly strong. Yeah, I find it to be pretty easy to score the uh, the Felgor champion thing, where you just choose one yep. model to kill three, and the Gorehorn for that is an awesome selection. Um, have yep. you tried that at all? I tried. I I played uh, against Orts sometimes because usually it's it's you can do that, like or with the with the um, Gorehorn or with the is the Bandal the name of the blind one. Uh, the, no, the, the mangler. mangler. The mangler. Yep, the mangler. mangler. It's re- really difficult to keep up with the uh, two languages mixing on the name of the operatives. Yes, but <laughs> it's even hard to keep up with one language name of the operatives. Yes. So yeah. Um, so yeah. A- any of 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 that two can can do it like super super easy. And the other tactic that I usually play is the being within six of five votes. I think it's stack up one. That's pretty easy too. To, uh, to that one is through. relentless aggression. Tech op three. So basically, five goats within six of your opponent, uh, and yep. frenzied goats totally count. So <laughs> just yeah. running at your opponent just means that, like, well, you're gonna have to kill me, and I'm gonna score two points. Yes, pretty much. And I don't take like I know other players take it always. I don't usually do that because I play Felgor a little bit cagey. Actually, I play cagey. I think every. It's the Every shooting player in you. Yes, yes. So th- there is a Phobos, actually, a Phobos, pl- a Phobos player in, in me. So I play everything KG. So, yeah, 
Uh, I don't usually pick it because it, it tends to be a super aggressive uh, tag up. But I play I play against uh, combat teams because you are going like there is they're coming to you teams. anyways. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I guess in this case, combat teams are like the melee teams, so like Orc Commandos or Geller Pox or any of those other guys that are guaranteed to get in your face. You might as well get two free points and not have to think about doing anything yes. special. Yes, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, other goats. Uh, so yeah, there is, uh, and there is uh, every operative on this skill team is amazing. Like the Toxhorn, the grenade is incredible incredible it's crazy yeah, yeah. I'm, so, crazy I'm so tired i'm so tired of these <laughs> rules that let you throw things through objects yeah. on open like the I, I mean i so to be fair i played against them on the dense lvo boards uh-huh. and yeah just having a tox horn sitting behind an l-shaped wall that is covered by two other goats just throwing bombs is just miserable but hand of the archon also gets to do it like i would prefer if those rules just kind of go away like everyone else has to do visibility why are we phasing through walls yeah and, and actually, I think two inches is way too big. Like it, it should be one inch. One inch is, is enough, and and the effect is 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 amazing. And you don't need you don't need two inches, like for sure. Not 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 for that. Not for the torment grenade. Neither of that should be should have been uh, two inches, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm like the only one that could that could like if if those change to two, the regular stun grenades like the ones Phobos have could stay at two because it needs a four up or like yeah. uh, or maybe even a five up if you don't see them. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Uh, but yeah, these two grenades should get nerfed at some point, I think. Um, along with the Nanomine, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, did you listen uh, to last week's podcast, Ace? Or talking yes, about the Nanomine? Yes. I, I mean, I like the Nanomine, and I, I like the thing is, I want to like Necrons. I want to like uh, Hyrotech. And I will buff them, to be honest, but I will nerf the Nanomine um, to. I'm actually like I, I bought I put a order into the shop so that, to get a box of Necron Higher Tech Circle just in case I want to pick them up sometime in the near future because yeah. the like yeah. long term game plan for them does seem fun just like I just want to stay alive show up on turn four blast everyone seems kind of yeah. but I think we're getting a little bit off topic here you know we've got a we've wandered around wandered away from the Felgor for a little bit you know let's let's uh what else what else have you found really strong on the Felgor that maybe people haven't expected because you're saying that you play them a little bit cagier where yes. have you found value in being cagey like which operatives you send forward and which ones are kind of like backing up and hitting your opponents after your opponent's lines have been broken by a gore horn making it in with three apl like who's who's next so i i split my team in three they are going to be the holders which is the, the people that you are going to put in the in the in your objectives markers this one is the the one with the knives and the one with the big mace. Um, I don't know the names. The Fluxbray and the Vandal. Yes, that's correct. The Vandal is the one with the big club, and the Fluxbray is the one with the knives. And mm. both of these operatives, if if they're on on your points, are going to be able to hold any charge. The um, the Fluxbray with relentless and or or with the parry are going to hold anyone charging him, or at least are going to give. Uh, some damage back, and the big the, the the big guy with the mace is the same. If you get two dice on four plus, uh, you are going to have like at least five uh, damage going through, which is amazing. Um, other than that, uh, my, I have my backline, which is the mangler and the um, gorhorn, and they are, they are going to kill uh, whoever tries to kill the the other two guys. 
And and then you have the support, the support pieces. You have the um, the guy with the with the whip, which is crazy good. It's probably one of the best pieces in the in the game because it reduces uh, by one the attacks of the enemy, and within to any other within three, unless he's under engagement engagement range of another piece, and he's going to not allow people to um, fall back from him. Or at least not normal people. You have to spend one more APL to fall back. That's amazing good. Like, that is amazing good. Yeah, so you can use that to like take people hostage even if they're ready. And then you can use yeah. that as a springboard on your next turn where you've got that, that hostage piece and then you kill it and charge into someone else. And now all of yeah, a sudden you've really like bit deep into enemy lines. You can, you can even combo that with the um, tactical ploy that allows you to uh, do a GH2. Well, not GH2, but... Uh, if you kill a model, then you can activate two goats at the same time. So you kill that hostage and charge, and with the, your other model, you charge and kill. Yes. So, wow. Yeah. That's a, I hadn't thought about that one. That's I like that. You can even do something like uh, with the Gorehorn, kill with the uh, kill with the guy with the whip, and then whip uh, the Gorehorn, and then you have a three APL Gorehorn being able to. Charge, kill, charge, kill. And it's not even or, telegraphed. Oh, I think that's my yes. favorite combo now. <laughs> yes, it's it's really amazing. Like, if you are able to pull that, probably it's game. But yeah, it's, it's crazy, crazy good. Uh, so yeah, um, and other than that, you have your leader that do on, on the on the backfield, just being flexible. And, and I try with my leader, try to to be able to see as much people as I can, because just just to keep the options, uh, having as much options as possible. Because if you can dash with him, if you can, sorry, if you can dash with, with anyone on your team, it's really difficult for the opponent to try to counterplay that. Yeah, it's super super difficult. And yeah, you have the the guy with the grenades, strong grenades from safety, and yeah, I think that's pretty much it. Like. You have the, your supporters, and you, oh, of course you have the gong. As I said, every operative in this team is amazing. The gong is amazing. Being able to reduce the critical hits to normal hits means that um, power weapons doesn't kill you. Uh, there's a lot of weapons that doesn't kill you at all. Shooting doesn't kill you. I don't know. Crack grenade doesn't kill you. And I, I can keep, keep going. So, yeah. I, I, Every every model is incredibly good. So yeah. Um, there's so there's a couple ways to go about thinking about the shaman. Um, yes. Do you do you like to use them for the super conceal, or do you like to use them for the healing, or do you like to be flexible, or like something else entirely different? Um, you got any crazy combos or favorite play styles with the shaman? So the thing with the shaman is uh, on the first turning point, you are going to try to conceal or try to use the super conceal even you can this guy can can be the one of your front line if needed if you don't want to spend more epl you just go with him tap the point and and do the super conceal if no sorry you you have to dash it, it depends on the map but some maps you can arrive to a point with the dash of the of the leader so you dash and then super conceal and then pick the point or if you're on c you just move and super conceal, and that's it. Other than that, on first turning point, I use it for super conceal. On the next ones, you just go heal goats. 
because he's super important. Like you put, you place it in as you try to place it on the middle of the board or on your half of the board, but in the middle. So it keeps flexible. And I try to make him heal goats. If if he can heal whoever has skill or six goons, that's amazing. That's super good. So you try to do it every turning point. And uh, the other piece that I, I doesn't talk about is the um, Narlskar. In Spain, we say we call it the Crackskar because he's always with a crack. Yeah. Uh, there's no no reason to, to not have it. Grenade scar. Yes, grenade scar. Yeah. Yeah, he's just oh. like the dedicated grenade carrier every time. Yeah. For any listeners that don't know why, you want to tell us a little bit about why the Narlskar always has the grenade? He's he's amazing. Like he he can fight and shoot on the on the for one APL so he can charge fight and shoot or he can charge shoot and fight and he can even do that with a crack grenade which is nuts like for me it's crazy good so if you are able to uh, kill someone in combat then you can toss the grenade or the other way around if you if you are fighting a marine you can you can place the grenade crack grenade on the on his pocket and then uh, fight to yeah, try to kill your yeah because that free shooting attack you can even do it while in engagement range of an enemy yes so yeah it's 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 virtually it's re apl with one model so yeah yeah it's 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 really good it's really amazingly good yeah and, and the great are, thing is you can go back to conceal after you've done all this so like even on top of all of the stuff that you've talked about right here because the normal scar is cunning after he does all of stuff if he's in the good spot, he just goes back to conceal. Now your opponent has to get within two or fully cut a cover line, which is much harder. And he can also so do that while in engagement range. Yeah. Yes, he can. Yeah, it's not. It's not restrictive. I think. Yeah. So yeah, as I said, it it it, it takes every good skill on the game because this skill, uh, the go back to conceal. There is a lot of operatives that that have that Phobos or the assassin on 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 Elucidian. But they have to pay one AP to do that. He doesn't. So yeah, he's, he's still pretty good. As I said, that the, the, all the operatives on this team they get super incredibly good skills to survive and on or to or to play. So yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, there's uh, there's one other little piece that I want to point out for uh, a big thing that I'm thinking about when I play Felgar, and that is. I usually activate the leader towards the end, and you kind of touched on on why earlier, but the reason is you position your whole team, and then once they are mm. where they're going to be for next turn, then you position the leader so that he can see like as much of the team as possible. And that for that reason specifically, I try to activate the leader last. Yeah, I agree. I, I can only agree. Like The difference between a good Felgor player and an amazing one is how how the leader is in position, I think. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. So, you know, it sounds like Felgor are great right now, and I'm sure that many players have struggled with them. You know, do you think there are things that players need to be doing differently against Felgor? Or do you feel like maybe the team needs a little bit off the top after getting getting their buff to be able to play the game properly? So I, I think they need, they need some nerves, like 100%. Um... I don't. I'm not going to hide because I played it. I think mm-hmm. they, they they need some nerve at. Um Other than that, uh, I think people need to play differently uh, uh, against any team and any combat team. You need to play super super different because you are if if you are playing 
normally you want to go into the objectives and try to contest them and maybe toss a grenade or shoot or whatever. Most of the time against combat teams, you want to go outside of the points. Because if not, you are just giving um, easy charges for the Felgor and they are going to just stay in combat with you and then they are going to charge again to to the back line on the next turning point. So if you charge way away of the objective markers or if you go into vantage they are not go they are not feeling to charge you in there if you know what i mean because then it's a frenzy goat on a vantage that you are going to be able to kill you're going to be able to shoot whatever but if you are trying to defend your own points then you are going to be super screwed and it's super super important to place the barricades on a way that you are making the the federal player uh, that he needs to to press to 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 go even farther to try to contest your objectives markers. So yeah, it's a really difficult uh, thing to do, and it, it's not at least in my opinion, it's counter um, intuitive uh, to do that. So it's a, 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 an adjustment that is really difficult to 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 do. I think. Yeah, I think those are good points, like making sure that you have to change your strategy for your opponent's melee team because you can't just play a balance game because they're not playing a balance game. Yep. It's kind of like how you have to play around eliminate guards. And if you play around eliminate guards, it becomes much worse as far as tech op selections go. Yes. Incidentally, yeah. you know, they do take eliminate guards a fair amount. So, you know, staying off of the points might come naturally for some people as they start trying to adjust around tech ops. Yep, yep. I agree. Yep. You have to be, stay away from the points, and even if you are going aggressive, stay away from the points of the of the of the enemy, or stay away. Even charge the charge range of the of the points. Just be in the middle of the of nowhere. It doesn't matter. So and try to to be somewhere that you are going to be able to shot on the on the net on the next turning points. So if you get an an Overwatch, because the goat the thing with goats is they are going to be frenzy and they are they are going to give you uh, Overwatch. So try to get that overwatch and try to um, take take some advantage of it, if possible. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point that I haven't heard really talked about all that much, but maybe I'm just missing some of those conversations. It's just, you're, if your opponent is going to be killing a lot of your dudes, and you can get the free overwatch, you just have to hit a crit and they die, unless the gore, unless the, whatever, the herd, what is it, the gong, basically oh. the... The death knell? Death knell, yeah. That's yeah, the, the death knell is around to block the uh, frenzy shot. The, the the thing is they are really difficult to kill by shooting. Not not by not by all the guns. Guns with rending, with lethal five plus, with this kind of abilities are incredibly good into into Felgor. Because they are going to most of the time retain one from cover and retain one from the from the tactical Reckless ploy determination yes their strategic ploy that says if they've activated they get a cover save or not a cover yeah. save they just get a save another save yeah so if you are trying to shoot them if you only get one crit then you are screw because um they just save or you can just shot them with a ap2 weapons if you have on your mm -hmm. on your wardrobe you can do that yeah, other than that, uh, just be in the middle of nowhere so they can get covered and they can get uh, into the objective markers. That's my one of my main... Um, um, I don't know how to say that. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah my like, main piece of, piece, of, piece of advice. Sorry, that's it. 
Yeah, it's like your positioning is is like the opposite of cover because if yes. you position in a, in somewhere in cover, then your opponent is going to use that cover against you. And if you're just like standing out in the open, it's it's now kind of a trap for them to try to pounce on you. And that's exactly what you want. So like, yeah, don't put your barricades on objective markers like you were saying. Um, put them only like the only mindset there is to slow down the incoming Felgor. So like put them at a choke point so that it slows them down or they have to go around or something like that. And um, if you can, like, for your model that uh, kicks the hornet nest again, you you just have someone run out, stand out in the open, easy charge, not anywhere that's valuable at all. And once they charge that model, um, if they kill them, they're, they're standing out in the open. But then there's the trouble that they will just hold you hostage, kill you on the next turn and charge into someone else. So... It really is. They really are a strong team. Um, and uh, there's maybe Beta Decima existing is going to be a reason that they won't get a nerf, but hopefully they do anyways, or something that doesn't hurt them on Beta Decima. Yeah. So I want to ask you, what will you nerf them, if at all? That is a tough question because all of their stuff is such a is like that's i think they're like the hardest team in the game to figure out how to nerf i think having played against them against on pathfinders and having played against with against like on Kastrican and a couple other teams maybe their save value shouldn't be as high because you're you're really depending on you coming back to life the one extra time or maybe reducing their overall wound count just so that you don't have to chew through quite as much i think either of those like going down to nine wounds and ten wounds might not really be that bad it might not even do anything but right now it does feel like you have to go through a lot to have a chance to win and they're so predicated on getting a, like two or three models in your backline and then splitting up because of the way your attack ops work or your attack ploys work so just making it so that once they've done that split you can still chip them down maybe that's enough i do think that having listened to you ace positioning like models outside of cover was not something I had thought about initially, but it makes you know a fair amount of sense. So there's probably still a fair amount of like player impact that could happen yep. in the matchup. So I don't really know if they need to be nerfed, need to be nerfed, but I think you know something like the war paint, maybe you shouldn't be taking you shouldn't be allowed to take like eight of them. Yep. yep. Uh, so just like small stuff just to like maybe make them have to play a little bit more uh with some weaker models instead of everyone is at full health by the time they get in but that might also be terrain dependent based on the region mm -hmm. like when you were playing in spain you said that your boards were lighter how often did you feel like you hit your opponent lines at basically full strength uh i don't think ever like at full strength never i will get i will get, i uh, i always get shot at least one time mm. But did you ever get shot like twice? No, because I use the um, the super conceal. The super conceal. Oh, yeah. yeah. The the psyker. But then I get shot on turning point two because the super conceal goes and then I am vulnerable to shooting. Yeah. But it should be it should be like that. I mean it should be an objective marker or two objective markers or light cover. Well, I was gonna say I I did think of two things that I would tweak for Felgor, um circling okay. back. Uh, so the first one, uh, you know what? F uh, war paint totally could be two equipment points and it wouldn't ruin them. Um, so that's one. It's a simple one. And then the other one is what if a frenzied model couldn't lock you in combat and you could just move normally away from them? Well, that'd be nice. 
That would be nice. Now, all of a sudden, they can't abuse your action economy. Or it could Um, even be fallback for one or something. You know, it doesn't have to be free, but just like a cheaper fallback against dudes that can no longer play the objective game. That would be nice because Gellerpock kind of have that with the bugs already. So it's not that far out of the question. Yeah. Because then, like, the Felgor still get to have their fun and, like, they can frenzy and they can charge people and fight and die. But then, like, the people that they tie up can still play the game. If, you, if you've if you played well enough to frenzy the goat, you, my action economy isn't ruined by needing to double kill this goat. Yep. Yep. I, I like, I think, I think I like all the um, solutions. The, the less one goons, it should, should be... It should do something. I, I'm not sure if they if it will break it. I, I don't know, to be honest. Uh, you can adjust for me. You can adjust something in the um, on the abilities, like the 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 Narskar cannot pick up the grenade, or the Toxhorn have only one inch of 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 poison, or the leader have to be within six of the of the goat to make it doing a bash. Something along those lines. I mean, nerfing some of the amazingly good abilities they have. That's that's another way to do that, I think. A little off the top, as I like to say, because I don't think that they should be like out of the game because like their play style is very unique and their rule is really cool. Like frenzy, getting killed, coming back. Like, I don't think I want that rule set to really go away. But right now it does feel like they have a ton, a ton of power and they maybe don't need all of it. They could lose a little bit. I think even Orion in his interview for LVO, his top three LVO finish, he was saying that he would like a little bit off the top in some ways, maybe not, you know, some of the abilities, but at least war pain or some other thing. So I think there's like kind of a consensus around like the best Felgor players probably right now that they probably do need a little bit of a nerf, which is probably fine. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's okay. It's okay to have your faction nerf. It's It's fine. I mean, I think I think the um, the nerfs and the buffs are are going to keep the game fresh. So it's not uh, the data slates for me is not uh, something to be sad. It's something to look at some more opportunities to play something different. That's how, that's how I take it at least, and it works for me. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm pretty excited to see what comes up next. You know, while maybe Beta Decima might not have the legs that I would have liked it to have, it could still be fixed over time. Like maybe there if we focus on those long board maps uh, or like the, you know, the long deployment maps where, you know, everyone is close together, we can figure out more ways for the terrain to work. And, you know, obviously we've got a couple new teams. I don't know when they're coming out at this point because they haven't really announced it, it feels like. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, whatever they want to be. Honest. Yeah, whatever those are planning to come out. Are you thinking about picking up one of those teams, Ace? Are you excited about anything in the near horizon that you can, uh, you know? I'm going show? to play Mandrakes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, Mandrakes are Mandrakes and the you know Legionary Plus. <laughs> the new the new hat for the Legionaries. Uh, you, know, got, yeah. you know they got nine flavors of hats, and you know we've covered four of them. We've got five left to go. I don't know. I, I like the aesthetic of the Mandrakes and, and they were my team on, on Kill Team 1. So yeah, oh, yeah. you play I'm them? The... You play them in the old edition? Yeah, on the Drukari. I play Drukari for some time. Ah, so yeah. Cool, cool. Well, so, I mean, yeah, they I do play... look cool. They're like phasing in and out of the shadows. They've got like the nice flowy cloaks from Age of Sigmar Underworlds. They yep. definitely got a cool aesthetic going. And, you know, it's just like Edgelord City <laughs> for yeah, this yeah. That's for sure, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to shout out? You know, upcoming Spanish tournaments, your podcast, obviously, or, you know, any other things you got coming up that you want to talk about a little bit before we head out? Mm. Uh, so I have something coming out that is going to be new, but I'm not ready yet to, okay. to say anything about that. So stay tuned. Um, yeah, we have, of course, stay our... Stay tuned on uh, Kill Team Mercenarios? Yes, or on Moonhammer, or I, okay. I will try to spread the word uh, as much as I can. Uh, so yeah, on Moonhammer, on, on Kill Team Mercenarios, my podcast. And yeah, our next tournament is uh, on the 6th of no, sorry, on the 9th of March. And this one is a golden ticket event. Uh, mm -hmm. So we will have our first uh, qualify to the to Atlanta. So, yeah, uh, it's going to be a 60-people tournament. So, right. yeah. All right. Getting Spain back on the 60-person uh, grind tournaments, huh? Got to make yeah. sure that first place is coming back to Spain this year. <laughs> we will try our best. Yeah, I mean... That was the competition for a long time, right? You know, yep. the U.S. had tournaments, but not, you know, players couldn't do enough of them all at once. We finally got there. Yeah, to be honest, you guys have to have to win this thing because you have these big events that we cannot compete. We, we are not yeah. going to be able to compete to the LBO this year. Yeah, I mean, it, took a while, it took a while for the U.S. to kind of wake up. But now that yeah. the U.S. has the big tournaments, it is hard because we have <laughs> it's just a much bigger country. Yes, so it is what it is. We are happy to just try to fight, just to be there. Yeah. It's it's super amazing for us. Hey Amen. Second in the world for real, for real is, and first in the world twice. That's definitely no mean feat. <laughs> no, no. Uh, yeah, it's 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 alright. It's it's super fine, and and I, I am I am amazed. Like every time I I see the stats, I am amazed that Spain, like we are a little country. Mm -hmm. I, I am I am really amazed that we are the second country in the world of Kill Team. It's, it's crazy. It's just crazy. Consistency. Yes. And, I mean, you guys do have pretty large tournaments. As, as large as the U.S. is, you know, people have to travel a really large amount of distance, and we don't have train systems to do it all. Yeah, that's true. Yep. What about you, Jason? Anything? Last words before we head out for the day? Um. Well, for anyone that is going to Adepticon, uh, come swing by and say hi and also thanks for listening to the end everyone and if you haven't already left a review uh left a comment join the discord join the conversation um today's topic of discussion if you join in to to chat on the discord will be tell us your stories about melee teams on beta decimal <laughs> and don't forget to share and like and subscribe <laughs> Well, thanks, Ace. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, listeners. And uh, that's it from us. <laughs> <laughs>